Will you welcome with me Dr. Will McBride as he comes to share? God bless you. I could go back and get that other list of sermons I was going to preach. <laughs> I got all of them with me, but uh, I'll, I'll just spare you all the trouble. Maybe come back another time and share those with you. But if you've got your Bible now, open it to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. And <clears throat> we'll be speaking about missions giving. And the title of this morning's message is Reaching the World for Christ reaching the world for Christ. And for sake of time, we'll read the first five verses and get to several others. But 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power... I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you again now for what we've already received this morning, the good Sunday school hour, and now, Lord, the sweet fellowship here, the good singing. And, Father, we just ask now that you will guide us and direct us and everything that we say and do will be pleasing unto thee, that the name of Christ be exalted, that you'd be glorified. And, Lord, you know each and every heart here. And, Father, that you love each one and you want to use them to your honor and your glory. And I pray that... Uh, They'll just submit themselves to you that you might have your will and way in each of our lives. And we thank you and praise you now for what you're going to do, what you've already done. In Jesus' name, for his sake, we ask it. Amen and amen. Now, folks, it is an honor to be saved and a part of the family of God. That's one thing, Doc, and I always enjoy coming here because we know that this is part of our family and when we get to here to Benson Grove Baptist Church, we feel like we're at home. But to go along with this privilege of being saved and in the family of God, uh, we are responsible to get the gospel of Christ to the world. Now, God uses people. And I know you can't go all around the world. There's places you can't go. But just think about right here in Benson, North Carolina. You've got people all around you. And they're part of the world, folks, and we got to get the gospel to them. That's our responsibility, all right? And see, God uses people, as I said, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, a verse that's very clear on this matter. See, we are to be his witnesses. But the Bible tells us there that after we receive the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost of God, you shall be. It didn't say could be, might be, or may be. But you shall be, and if you've been saved, folks, you are a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Then you want to be a good witness. Be an effective witness, see, and so that we can get the gospel out to these people. And we'll be talking some about that this morning. But I want you to notice, first of all, now, in verse number one, as we read from our text there, what God did for these churches here in Macedonia. If you study the Bible, you'll find out in history, those churches there in Macedonia at that day, they were the poorest churches on the earth. 
but how that God used him, as Paul is pointing out now, as he was writing to the church at Corinth, the Christians there, one of the richest churches on the earth in that day. But how did God use these poor churches there in verse number one at Macedonia to give to missions? And so we want to see that today that uh, God, the reason God bestowed grace on those churches. It was by God's grace now that they are able to accomplish the things that they did. And then also, uh, you're probably familiar with the passage over in Galatians chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. This is God's divine law of sowing and reaping. And if you read those verses, you'll find that first of all, we reap what we sow. So that's where we've got to be careful as God's children today and his family as to what we're going to do, how we live and what we sow, because we're going to reap what we sow. And then the second thing you'll find in that passage, it says that we reap more than we sow. Now, there's a lot of farming going on around here. How many of you people farm? Well, there's one or two of you. Well, praise God. But how many of you got a garden? Yeah, and now you, you get these gardens, you think about if you've ever had a garden and you've planted some things, uh, for instance, like corn. It's amazing. I love corn, folks. And, but you plant one seed of corn, one little grain of corn, and you're going to get a stalk. And if you've got good corn, why well, it'll produce three ears of corn on that one stalk. And, of course, you plant big fields. But now think about this. On three ears of corn, it comes from that one little seed that you planted. And you probably never counted them or not, but you know there's over 700 grains of corn on one ear of corn. And when you get three of them, you get over 2,000 grains of corn and you only planted one seed. That's a pretty good return, isn't it? And so you reap more than you sow. And then we we reap in proportion to what we sow. So you see, you don't plant just one grain of corn and quit. No, you have rows of them. Many hills, see? And just think about that, how that uh, you're going to reap in proportion to what you sow. The more you sow, the more you're going to reap. And then we reap later than we sow. And so uh, you can go out, you got to work that ground, you got to break it and get, clean out all the rocks and weeds and things like that. And then you plant that grain, uh, plant the, whatever you're going to plant, the seed, and then you have to take care of it. You've got to watch over it and keep it, the grass and things cleaned out of it. And you water it, you fertilize it, and you take care of it. And because harvest is coming later, so you don't plant the seed today and go out and reap the harvest tomorrow. No, you're going to have to work and spend some time. And then later on, like if you plant it back early in the spring or something, then in the fall you're going to reap your harvest, which is good. But then we think about this as we're serving the Lord, trying to get the gospel out to reach over 7 billion people on this earth today with the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, it's going to take some time, folks, and you're going to have to work at it. And so uh, then I'd ask you this question. What are you doing personally to reach the world that is lost and dying? And I appreciated what Brother Billy was saying a while ago, and uh, I looked at that list on my bulletin and seeing all these missionaries that this church is supporting now. And it's just been a blessing to see how over the years that this church has grown in their missions ministry. 
and how that God is using you. And every month, whenever I get my statement, uh, you know, for my month, I always see, whenever I see Benson Grove Baptist Church there and see how much you folks have been giving, you've been supporting me for several years now. And I thank God for that, that I can still be out and reaching souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you have a part in that. But now, when you think about this, what are you doing personally for the lost and dying? Now, I want you to notice down in verse number nine in our chapter here, for we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And folks, you get to thinking about that verse and what it really means. And that verse is telling us then that Jesus left his seat in glory and took my seat and your seat on Calvary that we might sit with him on his seat in glory. Now, folks, that ought to get you excited when you think about that, that Jesus left. I mean, he left glory, left his seat there, all the riches and everything. He became poor and came to this earth and died in my place and your place on that rugged old cross at Calvary that we will be able to sit with him on his seat in glory. And, folks, I'm looking forward to that. And we're getting awful close, too. I mean, the time is so close now that we're going to be with the Lord. And then he bestowed all this grace on these poor churches. And there was that reason that he did that, uh, even though these poor churches were in affliction, but with joy, they gave liberally for missions. Now, I appreciated what Brother Billy had said earlier. I mean, telling you the truth. And when they received the offering here that... Uh, you, you give your tithes and you give love offerings, but your faith promise missions given is above the tithes and the love offerings and the general fund of the church. This is a special offering that you receive just for missions. And see, that's above your tithes and offering. You don't take it out of that and you give out of what you have. And the reason God blessed these churches here, as he said there in verse number one, uh, because they were going through a lot of trial and tribulation, but God blessed them. And then he tells us in verse number three that uh, they had a consecrated faith. And see, they were dedicated to getting souls saved. That's why God blessed that church. He said, for to their power or their ability, Paul said, I bear record in yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Because they didn't just, they weren't millionaires and had all this money coming in, see, but they were willing of themselves then to give because they were dedicated to getting souls saved. And then not only did they have, see, they had a consecrated faith, but they also had a compelling faith. That's number two there in verse number four. As these people were as poor as they were, but as Paul said here, they were praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And you see, these people, as poor as they were and going through all this trouble and stuff, but they begged Paul to receive that gift so that he could take the gospel out around the world, that souls could be saved. And so they they begged him, pleaded with him to receive that gift because they had a compelling faith. And then my favorite verse for 
faith promise mission is given is the next verse is number five. You see, these people had a committed faith. And you see what he says here, and this they did not as we hoped, but first, here's the key folks, they first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. And I think about folks, I loved that first, but I remember when I got saved Thanksgiving night, 1969, and that God had saved me. But as I realized what had happened, then uh, I committed myself to him. And I remember we went down to this Bible bookstore. It was a big open area down there in the middle of Germany at that time. And uh, they'd have this big parking lot. And they'd be out there selling books and all kinds of things for Christians. But I can remember going through there one day and I looked over and I saw this bumper sticker. And it said, I have decided to follow Jesus. And boy, that thing got a hold of me and I'd just gotten saved. And I'd made that commitment that I was going to serve the Lord and follow him. And I bought that bumper sticker. And I put that on the back of my car. I just had joy driving all over the countryside, letting people see that. I wanted them to know that I had decided to follow Jesus. And then that was on my car for 13 years. After I, whenever I graduated at Tennessee Temple, I'm fixing to leave there and go to Germany. And I had that little 65 Plymouth then and I had that sticker on there. But my next door neighbor, his car had tore up on him and I was fixing to go to Germany. And after driving that car for 13 years, I sold him that little old car for $125. But I knew him and whenever he'd come over and I'd give him the title and stuff and we switched that over, I said, just one minute. And he said, what? And I went over and I took my knife and I scraped that bumper sticker off of the back of that car because he wasn't following Jesus. He needed to get saved, and I wasn't going to let him carry that thing around. But I remember, folks, when I got saved, then, that I decided to follow Jesus. And whenever Jesus speaks to my heart and tells me what he wants me to do, then I have to do it. Uh, I, God called me. He saved me. He called me to preach the night he saved me. I didn't understand that. Took a little while for him to get that through to me, and I surrendered in March of 1970. And I've been working on it ever since. And y'all probably, those of you who never heard me preach before, you'll probably say, "Keep practicing, brother Mac." But, uh, but I decided to follow Jesus, and you know what? I've never regretted it, folks. Thank God that I did. I, if I could have started sooner, it would have been great. But you don't go back to that now. You just have to keep on going for the Lord. And so you decide, you commit yourself to Jesus, then you're not going to have any problem giving permissions or anything else. And see, I tell people, my car got saved, the night I got saved, you know this thing got saved too? And everything in it, that's not mine, that's the Lord's. And so, see, you don't have any trouble giving things away that don't belong to you. If it belongs to somebody else, give it away. Well, everything you have belongs to the Lord. And whenever he tells you to give to missions, then you give it. And this is, that's what this is all about. The souls can be saved. And you see, these people had a completed faith. I mean, it was consecrated, compelling, committed, and then a completed faith in verse number six. And that was talking about the same grace of giving here. And as, as Paul was writing to the church here at Corinth, he said, in so much that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. And that grace he's talking about, and you check in chapters 8 and 9 and part of chapter 10, you're going to find the word grace is used about 17 times. And every time it's talking about the grace of giving. 
And so then you have to have that completed faith once you make that commitment to the Lord and then you give as God would lead you to give. And I just trust that you've been praying and asking God, Lord, what would you have me to trust you for each week to give commissions? And then God will tell you. And all you have to do is whenever you fill out that little uh, card there for faith promise giving, then you make that commitment and you put that in each week and God's going to bless you for it, see, because you make that commitment and you'll have a completed faith. And then number five here, you have a compounding faith. Look at verse number seven. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. And this grace he's talking about is giving and that you abound in it, that it's going to be a generous gift that you give. And so (laughs) you just abound in it once you make that commitment and give and God's going to bless you for it. Now, as your knowledge increases, he said, and your faith increases, all these things that you see there that verse number seven says increases and you keep growing in the Lord, folks, and your faith grows, then you just keep abounding, giving more and more and God's going to tell you what he wants you to give. Now, and one thing here, just so I don't forget it, leave it out. That's the one thing you need to do is pray. And ask God what he would have you to trust him for to give commissions each week. And when you do that, folks, if you're sincere, I mean, God knows your heart. And you start praying, Lord, what would you have me to trust you for each week for missions? God's going to tell you. And whenever he does, it'll scare you half to death. Because a lot of times people say, Lord, I don't have it. Well, God knows what you have. He knows what you don't have. And I get tickled sometimes when people start praying. You think they're trying to bring God up to date. Like God doesn't know what's going on. Well, you see, God knows what you have and what you don't have, and he also knows your heart and what you're going to do. But when you start praying, Lord, what would you have me to trust you for each week for missions? Then God will tell you. And you see, that's God's part. That's the promise. We talk about faith promise. Well, God tells you how much he wants you to trust him for each week for missions. And just for an example, say, uh, if he said $25 a week, you might think, Lord, I don't have $25 a week. But God knows that. But he promised you, he's telling you to trust him for it, and he will supply it. See, and so you just go ahead and make that commitment then if that's what God wants you to do. You don't just dream up some figure and say, well, now, Lord, I put this down here, and now you've got to supply it. No, God will expose you for the fool you are. But see, if you start praying about it, and God, he knows your heart, and that you'll give, then God will tell you what he wants you to trust him for each week. And friend, God will supply. He's faithful at promise, And so the promise is God's part and the faith is our part that then we do what God would have us to do and you trust him for it. And so number six here, this is not a commanded faith. As the apostle Paul was writing there in verse number eight, you notice what he said. Paul said, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. So you see, it wasn't a law back there in the Old Testament or anything else that you had to give to missions, you know, faith promise mission. But as Paul said here, that there was not a commandment, but it's an opportunity 
for us to prove our love for God and for missions and for souls. See, and whenever you make that commitment, then that you're going to give to Faith Promise Missions what God would have you to trust him for, and you start putting that in. See, you're proving that your love for souls and your love for God. And whenever you think, well, first, I don't have it. Well, God knows that, but he will supply it. And then you look down at verse number 11 just so that you know what to do. A lot of times you say that uh, you don't have it. What am I going to do? But he said in verse number 11, now, therefore, perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. So see, now you be praying about this, Lord, what would you have me to trust you for? And God tells you. And then every Sunday, whenever you receive the offering for missions, whenever you receive the offering here in this church, but then you're going to have that opportunity to give to missions. And what you do is what God has impressed on your heart to give. Then you put that amount in that offering plate for missions. As I said a while ago, you might be praying if God told you to give $25 a week for missions. Then every week, you put that $25 in that offering plate if that's what God told you to give. And so he said, you give out of what you have. Sometimes people say, well, when God gives it to me, then I'll give it. Well, no, you go ahead and give because you're trusting God. So you're being obedient, you're going to trust God. And once you put it in, because God knows you've been obedient, God's going to supply. And it'll just amaze you how God's going to do that. Now, I just thought of something else here. These things, I mean, how God takes care of us and supplies our needs so many times. And uh, he always meets our needs. He knows what your needs are. And he's going to supply it because he promised. Philippians 4, 19. But now, I, uh, Billy, he, we, we've been knowing each other for a long time. Billy, you recognize this? Huh? Now, he's just sitting there looking. So he doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't have a clue. But I'll tell you what, the first time that I ever preached the Faith Promise Missions Conference, I preached for Brother Billy Cashwell at Bemis Road Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. And we got there that day, and I'll tell you, it was something else, folks. And I, just to let you know how God takes care of you, meets your needs and supplies, see, because, and we were up there to preach that conference, and then this one day, Brother Billy said, Brother Max, said, uh, how about going to town with me? I got to go to town. I said, okay, let's go. So we went down there, and I didn't know where he was going, and we pulled up in front of this men's clothing store. Remember that, Billy? And we pulled up in front of that store, and he said, come on. We went inside, and he introduced me to the guys in the, there. This one guy had been in prison before. Got out, and I guess started that business, and God had blessed him. But anyhow, we got in there, and, and so Brother Billy told this guy when he come over, and he said, this is Brother McBride. He's a missionary preaching for me, and said, uh, some church just wants to buy him a suit. Wow. And the guy looked at me, and I wasn't as big then as I am now, but anyhow, he looked at me and told me about what size I'd wear. I said, yes, sir. And he took me over this rack, and I mean, nice suits up there. And so he said, all right, pick out a suit. And I picked out this suit, and he told the guy to come over. He said, get his measurements and make sure that that suit's going to fit him. And so we turned and started to walk off, and Brother Billy said, wait a minute. And he said, What? He said, Brother Mac, the church is going to buy you that suit. He said, but I want to buy you a suit. You remember that, Billy? And he did. I got two of them. This one and uh, the other one I wore the first night. But you know what? God has blessed folks. 
Now, I didn't have to go down and buy some suits. I needed some suits. My wife had already talked about it. And there's no way that I would have paid what they paid for these suits then. I didn't have that money. But you see, God gave me the two suits. I didn't have to spend that money on suits. I was able to put that money in the missions. And you do that all the time. See, God's going to meet your needs. And then, Brother Billy, oh, I'll tell you what. Just share these things with you folks because he mentioned to you before he, he and his dear wife, Regina, they came to Germany to visit us. And we were down at Ansbach. I was pastoring a church down there. And then we took them out sightseeing, took them down to the wall city and showed them the sights over there. And uh, they're in Dinkelsbuehl and these other places. And then we come back and we stopped up at the base there, going to check our mail. Well, now that was on Friday we did that. But it was on Thursday before we went out shopping and stuff. And I come walking down the hall one day and Brother Billy and Regina were sitting over on the couch. And as I come by and Dot was in my recliner chair. And as I come walking by, she looked, she said, honey, said, we need to pray. And I said, what? And she said, we need to pray about that bill at the credit union that God will pay that all so we don't have to pay all that interest and stuff. And boy, that was something else. Now, this wasn't part of the message, folks, but I just want to share this with you because God is faithful as he's promised. And in Germany there, you, they had a law over there that you have, your vehicle has to go through inspection every year, that what they call the tooth. And whenever you go in there, it's a safety inspection and they inspect your vehicle. And if they find any areas that are not safe, any thing that's wrong, then you have to get it fixed and you can't get your vehicle registered. Won't even get a license plate. And so our little old van was in bad shape. I knew I needed new tires. They were down real thin. And uh, some of the brakes problem and there are different things underneath that. And I knew it was going to cost a bundle. I went to the credit union and borrowed $2,000 so that I could get my vehicle through the inspection and pass that inspection. They'd make all the repairs on it and it would pass inspection and then I could get it registered. Well, we borrowed that $2,000 and then we had been paying it down. I owed $1,650 still on that loan. And she said, honey, let's pray and ask God to pay that loan off. And I said, all right. So I just stopped there and prayed for it. And the Lord, you know about it. And we prayed on that Thursday. And then we went outside seeing that Friday and showing them around. We stopped at the base to check our mail on the way home. And Dot went in and got the mail to come back. And we had one letter. And she opened it up. And I looked up in the rear view mirror and I could see tears running down her cheek and her chin quivering. And I thought, what in the world? And I said, honey, what is it? And she handed that letter up to me. And I opened it up and I looked at it and the Letter. It was from a church in Knoxville, Tennessee, Temple Baptist Church. And it said, Dear Brother McBride, please forgive us. But some years ago, I mean, some months back, we made some changes in our church and we moved offices and things like that. And somehow your name was inadvertently dropped from the list of missionaries that we support each month. Please accept the enclosed check for $75 for the month of, I don't know, it was about June or July. And anyhow, they had that check in there. And I thought, well, praise the Lord, because they picked me back up. And then they had the second page on that letter. And it said, please accept the enclosed check for back support. They'd been 23 months that they had not supported us. And I told it up, folks, you know what 23 times 75 is? 
1650. There was $1,650 check in there and it paid that bill off the day after we prayed. Remember that, Brother Billy? I mean, we had a time, folks. And so I just shared that with you. Did you get involved in missions to get so saved and getting the gospel out? God's going to supply your need. He knows what they are. And he's the one that knows how to do it. And so you just have to trust him and he's going to meet your need. And then it was a Christ-centered faith. As we said there in verse number nine, a while ago, we shared that with you. And aren't you glad somebody told you about Christ and that you needed to be saved? And in Romans 5, 8, but God commended or God showed his love unto us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You think about that. Over 2,000 years ago, Christ died for you folks to prove to you and show you how much he loved you. And he loves this whole world. He died for all of them. Well, they need to know that. And God's looking to you and me to tell them to get that gospel out to them. And then it becomes a continuous faith. There's number 10 there. Look at verse number 10. He said, and herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. And see, these people had made that commitment a year ago, and then Paul said, you just continue, keep it up, and you just keep giving it, and then God's going to bless. And I remember I shared this with you folks many years ago when I preached here, but uh, y'all wouldn't even know him, but I tell, gave you the story about Matthew Bassett. He was a four-year-old boy in our church there at Zweibrook. And when they joined our church and we had our first missions conference, little Matthew had just gotten saved. And then we had our missions conference, passed out those faith promise cards, and Matthew took his too as a four-year-old boy. Wasn't quite five, been saved. And man, he got to praying all week long. God, what would you help me to trust you for for missions? And then that Sunday, he filled out his card and he put three cents on it three cents a week. And then every Sunday we'd receive the offering. Little Matthew would get his envelope and drop his three pennies in that envelope and put it in there. And then by the time they left that, about four years later, he was given a quarter a week. But then here, just uh, several years ago, about four or five years ago, I found out they were stationed, he had been stationed up in Arkansas at the Little Rock Air Force Base and, and that they were there and I was going to call and talk to his daddy and when I called to talk to Brother Fred but this male voice come on the phone and I said, this is Brother McBracken. I speak to Brother Fred and he said, Brother Matt? And I said, yeah. He said, this is Matthew. I said, what? He had joined the Air Force and he was home on leave. And I was surprised that he answered it. And then I shared with him, I told him, I said, Matthew, I said, I've been sharing your testimony, son. And every time I preach a missions conference, that people so that they can know that children can also be involved in faith promise. You see, that's supporting the mission program of the church and how that he'd been given three cents and then up to a quarter. And he started laughing and he said, Brother Mac. I said, yep. He said, uh, I'm married now, living out in New Mexico. He said, but I'm still involved in Faith Promise, and I give a lot more than three cents a week. And, you know, it had been, been 21 years that that boy from time he's four years old, he'd been giving. And then I had a real, well, I thought about all this and said, I just got to share that. I checked my mail in your office this morning, Brother Billy. I checked my email. I hadn't even, called, hadn't even told Dot yet, but I had an email on there from Matthew Bassett. And he said, Brother Matt, my wife and I and our two children now, we're stationed in Japan. And he said, we found a good Bible-believing church that supports 
Faith Promise Mission. And he said, the pastor, and he said, is uh, Brother Bob. And I, man, I had that name down there. I thought I had it a while ago, and now it escaped me. But a guy that had been a missionary in Germany years ago, he'd been over there twice and in Spain and so forth. But uh, he, he told me the name of the pastor in that church. And he said, my wife and I joined that church. And I mentioned being in Germany and you. And he said, oh, I know Brother Mac. And I knew him in all those years. But that's such a blessing, folks. It's been over 25 years. And that boy and his family now, they're still serving the Lord and in faith, promise, mission, see? And it, it becomes a continuous faith. It's a way of life once you get involved. And then it's a conquering faith. If you'll notice in verse number 11, he said, Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. And see, folks, the devil's going to try to keep you from giving the missions. Whenever he comes time to receive that offering and you to put that in, the devil's going to say, well, if you put that in, you can't pay your light bill. You can't pay your rent. You can't this. You can't. He's going to come up with every kind of a lie you can think of. You remember, he's the father of the lie. And he'll lie to you and try to get you to believe a lie to keep you from giving. But see, God's going to supply your need. And you go ahead and you put that faith promise in and don't let the devil bluff you and God's going to bless you. And I learned how now. I know it's, it's something that you give each week, but my wife and I, we give our entire month faith promise on the very first Sunday of every month when we put our tithe in, but we also put our faith promise in for the entire month. We well, see on that second, third, and fourth Sunday, the devil can't bother me because we already give it to him. Matter of fact, before we left to come up here, she wrote out our tithe check and our promise check, and we put that in before we left our church. And see, the devil can't bother me with that. He's a liar anyway. And so there's no sense coming trying to keep me from giving. Well, you just go ahead and you be faithful each week to give that which God has told you to trust him for. And God's going to supply it, folks. He'll give it to you over and over and over. And you see, the gospel of Christ is still reaching the world today. And so you just keep giving. Maybe you can't go to the other side of the world and other countries and things like that, but you can give right here and to support those that are going. And so the the scope of your giving then, uh, you'll find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 15 and 16. You don't have to turn there, but you'll study those verses and you're going to see then, because you're giving to missions, that the scope of your faith promise giving is the gospel is going to be preached in regions beyond. And because you're supporting the missionaries and some of these that are coming in this week, y'all going to take on some new missionaries, then they're going to preach in the gospel around the world. And that's the ministry of Bemis Road Baptist Church. You're going to have a part in that because of your missions giving and God's going to bless you for it and souls are going to be saved. And uh, you'll get excited about that as the Lord blesses and meets your needs. Well, there's so much I could say, but I won't. I just pray that this has been a help to you, that you get a hold of this and that you're praying. And how many of you already know how much God wants you to trust him for each week for missions? All right, praise God. 
And you've made that commitment. Some of you, I know Brother Billy told me, some of you have already turned your card in. But the rest of it, what you need to do, folks, you just need to pray. Lord, what would you have me to trust you for to give for missions each week? And then God's going to tell you. And then when they receive that card tonight or Wednesday night, whenever they're going to receive that card, then you can put that amount on there. And then you turn that in and then you be faithful each week. You give that and God will bless you for it, folks. And you'll never regret it. And souls are going to be saved. And then one thing that'll happen, you're going to have a lot of people praying for you. I pray for this church every day in my life, in my prayer time, I pray for Bemis Road Baptist Church because you people have been supporting me for so many years. And not only financially, but I know that y'all pray for me too in the ministry that God's called me to. But you think about that when you've got missionaries scattered around this world and you are supporting them, they're going to be praying for you and they're going to be praising God and thanking God for you. And that will bring honor and glory to the Lord as you have a part and reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let's ask you to bow your heads as our pastor is going to come. We want to have a time of invitation, give you an opportunity to respond, folks. And perhaps some of you need to just come and tell the Lord that you love him and say, Lord, what would you have me to trust you for for missions? God will tell you. You can come make that commitment to him. You're doing business with God. You don't have to tell anybody else. But as God speaks to your heart, then you yield and let God have his will and way in your life and you make that commitment to him. And God will bless you for it.